Good morning and welcome to our online service this morning at Brighton Road. My name is Tim Carter. Today we're starting a new series looking at people of prayer and this ties in with our theme running from Easter to Pentecost as we seek God's face in prayer about what kind of church is calling us to be as we begin to resume meeting together again. For those of us who could make it, it was great to be back in church last week to celebrate Easter and the good news of Easter is where we start our service today. That's why we have the Play School Easter Garden with us this morning. If you're watching on YouTube, I'd invite you to participate in our call to worship in a moment by joining in the responses in bold. If you're just listening, then allow the words to lead you into worship. But wherever you find yourself this morning, in a moment of quietness, just recognise that the risen Lord is at your side. Here is the place where the rock has rolled away. Here is the place where we celebrate an empty cross. Here is the place where the body has been broken and now renewed. And here is the place where the covenant has been spoken and now fulfilled. Here is the place where the word has come alive. Here is the place where symbol speaks into truth and what was dead is now alive. Here is the place where we have heard and seen and know and touch resurrection.
Can I lead you in prayer? Lord, from the high excitement and the marvel of Easter Day last week, we humbly approach you and offer you our worship now, seven days on. And we marvel at the truth that death could not contain nor hold down your Son, Jesus Christ. So this Sunday, and indeed every moment of every day, we offer you thanks for the risen presence of your Son with us in any and every situation. Bless you that Jesus will never leave us, nor forsake us. Amen. And for those first disciples, what had started a week ago was just beginning to sink in, in terms of its implications. The possibilities for ongoing life beginning to form, even if almost imperceptibly. What might this mean for their futures? They hadn't expected an empty tomb. They hadn't expected a voice calling their name in the graveyard. They hadn't expected a visit and words of peace and reassurance. They hadn't expected a gift as you breathed on them your Holy Spirit. And yet, all these things happened. And these things shaped their future lives. And we marvel at the roller coaster of emotions that they must have been through. And we offer you thanks, Lord, for their dedication, for their faithfulness. For those first disciples, empowered by the Holy Spirit, took your good news and spread it until eventually it reached these shores and it reached our ears and it changed us as it changed them. Thank you. Thomas was upset. His friends were so happy because they'd all seen Jesus, but Thomas hadn't been there and he felt left out. It wasn't their fault. They hadn't deliberately excluded him. It was just that he hadn't been able to make it when they all got together. And that was when Jesus had come and he'd missed it. And the more they talked about it, the worse Thomas felt. His initial disbelief had hardened into a stubborn resistance. He found he didn't want to believe what they told him about Jesus being alive. After all, why should he? He didn't even feel as if he belonged anymore. And why should Jesus appear to them and not to him? You can say what you like, he said sulkily. I won't believe a word of it until I've seen Jesus with my own eyes, until I've put my finger in the hole where the nails went in, until I've put my hand in the hole where the spear went in. Proof. That's what Thomas wanted. If he couldn't see it, if he couldn't touch it, he wouldn't believe it. Thomas, Thomas, please don't take it personally, they said to him. We, we didn't know Jesus was going to turn up. We didn't mean to upset you. Come round and join us for a drink next week. Please, don't let this spoil our friendship. Well, Thomas went, but he still wasn't happy. He'd felt out of sorts all week. It was like something inside him had broken and he didn't know how to put it right. But suddenly, while they were talking, Jesus appeared. No one knew how he'd got into the room without them noticing. They were sure they'd locked the door. And no one was more surprised to see him there than Thomas. Thomas, Jesus said, there's no need to be angry. Look at my hands. You can see the marks of the nails. It really is me. Come on, touch my hands if you want to make sure. I don't want to leave you lost in doubt, 
Trust me, Thomas. Thomas was completely overwhelmed. All he could say was, My Lord, my God. Now then, Thomas, my sceptical friend, said Jesus, I'm glad that seeing me face to face has finally persuaded you that I really am alive. The way you took some convincing might help other people in years to come who struggle with doubt. But if your testimony helps them come to faith without seeing me, then they are blessed indeed. And what about you? What about those of you listening to this story, watching this service, reading John's Gospel? John wrote all this stuff down to help you put your trust in Jesus as the Son of God. Because if you have faith in him, then you have life in his name. And so we sing, He is risen.
Behind closed doors, afraid. That was how your disciples found themselves that first Easter evening. Risen Lord, you appeared and said, peace be with you. In the world today, so many places lack peace. Those places where lockdowns are in place. People indoors struggling with relationships. A lack of space and freedom applying added pressures. Those wrestling with emotions because they have not been able to be beside some of their loved ones. As they would have liked at significant moments from birthdays to serious illnesses. Those patients, residents and staff in hospitals and care homes in so many places around the world where staff are stretched, where resources are scarce, where illness either threatens or dominates. Those suffering the pain of bereavement those living in places of turmoil where wars still rage. Those people and situations uppermost in our minds, which we lift up to you now in this silence. So many places lack peace. Breathe on these situations. May your peace offer some respite in the midst of today's concerns. And may it point to better days to come. As well as peace, you gave the Holy Spirit. God present with us in all we do. May we be guided by that spirit to offer help and convey peace wherever that is possible. Hear our prayers through Jesus Christ, our risen Saviour. Amen. We've thought about how Jesus appeared to Thomas and convinced him that, that he really was alive. Thomas only believed when he saw Jesus with his own eyes, but Jesus told him that those who were prepared to believe without seeing would be blessed indeed. We start our series on people of prayer this morning by going right back to the beginning of Luke's Gospel to look at the story of Simeon and Anna. They'd never even met Jesus, yet they stand out as people of faith who trusted through long and difficult years that God would keep his promise to them personally and to his people. And whereas Thomas only believed after he'd seen the risen Lord with his own eyes, Simeon and Anna both saw the Lord because they believed, because they kept faith over many years. Let's listen to their story. Today's reading comes from Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 to 38. Jesus presented in the temple. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
as is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem.
So we've come to a series on people of prayer and today we'll be thinking about Simeon and Anna. So John and I have prepared this between us. Uh, we're not entirely sure what the other one's prepared. We're going to do it as a conversation. We're going to start by sharing uh, some facts that we found out about Anna and Simeon. And then John's going to talk about Simeon, the man of uh, praise. Uh, and I'm going to talk a bit about Anna, the prophetess. So um fun facts about Anna and Simeon the first thing that I found that I thought was quite fun was that in many traditions Anna and Simeon are considered to be the last of the Old Testament prophets so they're the crossover between the New and the Old Testament um now Simeon uh, was waiting for this thing which is called the consolation of Israel um and that's really interesting because that word consolation uh or comes uh, from the same root, parakletos, uh, the same as the word where we get comforter when we talk about the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of waiting for the Holy Spirit, you might say, waiting for the Spirit of Christ. And then you can tell from the reaction when he sees, um, but we'll go on to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure many of you know this, but I was reminded that the the, the song, the, the hymn, the, the Latin uh, that we know as the Nunc Dimittis, which is often used in the evening worship in uh, traditional churches, that is the Latin for the song of Simeon, the Nunc Dimittis, the, um, the now I can go, um, the, the, the prayer of praise that we hear from Simeon. Um, and another thing that comes from, uh, from Simeon's uh, prophetic praise is that he really, really picks up this idea of salvation for the Jews and the Gentiles. And he kind of puts that in the same in the same breath, um, picks up a little bit from Isaiah, but it hasn't really been that explicit um, and that closely linked to seeing Jesus in the flesh. So that's really interesting. And obviously, um, as a church mostly made of Gentiles, um, uh, very uh, good for us. And the last uh, kind of fact, the scene setting thing, I love looking at the meaning of names and Simeon's name means hearing, which I think is really interesting when we're thinking about these people of prayer. We often think about prayer being us praying, us kind of outputting towards God somehow. But this this hearing, this key uh, part of Simeon's identity was the, the, the hearing and the waiting. So uh, we're going to unpack a little bit more, try and see what lessons there might be for us. So John's going to talk about uh, three lessons from Simeon and then I'm going to talk about three lessons for us from Anna. So John. So three things about Simeon. The first thing um, to notice about Simeon was that he waited patiently. He, uh, he was consistent. He'd heard from God. He'd heard from God that he was going, uh, he was going to see this um, while he was alive. And in that he was patient. He continued uh, to do what he was called to, uh, going to the temple and carrying out his duties in the temple. So he was patient. And um, I think when, when people talk about promises that God's given, don't they always go on about patience? Um, uh, and I'm, I'm not great at that. Um, I want things to happen. Um, but he was patient. But the second thing about that, about that waiting is that that waiting was praiseful. Um, he praised God every day. Uh, his, his routine was to praise God. His routine was to worship. 
And although what he was waiting for, he hadn't quite seen yet. And obviously, um, I'm sure the people around him were saying, well, come on, how long have you been waiting now, Simeon? Um, uh, you know, day after day, year after year. Um, he was praiseful in those days. He, he continued uh, to do what he was called to, which was to bless God's name, to praise him and to worship him. But the third thing he did when uh, when the time came for him was that he spoke powerfully. He uh, he realised uh, as he as he held the baby, as he took part in the in the, the, the ceremony, uh, that this was the time. This was the time to speak what God had given him. This was the time to to be prophetic, to not hold back, not keep quiet about the things that uh, that God had given him to speak out. And even though uh, the blessing was quite difficult to hear, perhaps, for uh, for Mary, uh, particularly and for Joseph, uh, that he didn't um, didn't hold back and didn't say, oh, I think God might be saying this. Um, and if it's not too much trouble uh, and this might be a bit bothersome to you, but um, I'm sorry, but um, he just he just went for it. Um, and, and spoke out the blessing, the honest blessing uh, that God had given him. But, um, you know, that, that, that stuff about, about exposing people's hearts is a, a really, really powerful word um, and a powerful part of the blessing. So they're my, uh, they're my three things uh, about, uh, about, uh, the, about Simeon um, and uh, Claire's going to bring some more now. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. We we see characterised in this passage that Simeon is the one who who praises and blesses, and Anna is literally called Anna the prophetess. But actually, there's probably more prophecy contained in Simeon's blessing than there is in in the words of Anna. It's quite hard to pin down what it was she prophesied over Jesus. Um, so the first of the three things I wanted to, to, to think about that, that maybe this example of Anna teaches us about prophecy is the first thing is it actually challenges our idea a little bit about what prophecy is. Because if we looked at the, the, what Simeon says and what Anna says, we'd say, well, Simeon is the one that does the prophesying, but yet Anna is the one who's called the prophet. So what she actually does is she just, it says she spoke about the child to those who were waiting. And it's this brilliant image that that she was the one kind of interpreting, if you like, or going in between the child, the Messiah, Jesus, and the people that were waiting, that kind of translating. She just spoke about the child to those who are waiting. It feels very simple, very natural, very easy, very just part of who she was, this amazing old lady that had spent her whole life in the temple waiting for this moment. And she just spoke about the child to those who are waiting. So the first thing about Anna is I think sometimes we have a slightly overly grand expectation of what it means to be a prophet or to bring a prophetic gift. Yet this is something that's so needed in our church. And I think maybe this example of Anna could encourage more of us to step into that role. This, this just speaking about the Lord to those that are waiting. Um, is is the embodiment of the role of prophecy that we see in Anna. So something about what it means to be a prophet. I think, kind of following on from that, this this second the second point is it's not just her identity, but it's her everyday normal. 
Um, we sometimes when we think about Anna, we think about her being set apart. She was, she lived her whole life in the temple. She was set apart, but actually this was her normal day to day life. Um, and, and it wasn't unusual for, for widows to, to be associated with the temples. This was just her normal everyday life. And again, maybe we think that prophets are these set apart, amazing people, but what would it mean just to be a prophet as part of your everyday life, just as part of your everyday routine, listening for the word of God, listening to what he's saying uh, and being ready for that moment. So it challenges what we think about, about being a prophet, but actually maybe it's also just part of this day-to-day -day identity. And the third thing, really similar actually to something that John just said about Simeon, the timeliness, that seizing the moment when it comes, and it literally says that uh, about Anna, it says, at that moment, she spoke, at that moment. There's something really powerful there about the word at the right time. And I think really that's, that kind of nails it, what prophecy is about. It's having confidence in the word of God, having confidence that God speaks to his people in the right word at the right time. And he uses us to do that, to facilitate that, to translate that, to be the, the person that goes between sometimes um, the word and the person that needs to hear it. And for me, I recognise that oftentimes when I am I'm doing that, what I'm doing is I'm recalling a Bible verse or I'm recalling a song or a promise. And I'm just reminding somebody that needs to hear it um, that God's word says this or that this song might be an encouragement. And and actually that that moment in time that speaking God's word at the right moment, taking talking about God to the people that are waiting to hear about him. That's, that's Anna's life and that teaches us a lot, I think, about what prophecy means and maybe encourages, I hope, some of us to step up a little bit more to recognising God's calling on us to be prophets to our church. So we've uh, shared a little bit about Anna and Simeon and, and hopefully some encouragement uh, from the lessons of their lives and John's going to pray. Well, picking up the, the principle of blessing, um... I'm going to pray a blessing over us um, as, as, as Brighton Road or as whichever bit of a church uh, uh, people are listening uh, to this. Um, but uh, so uh, let's pray. Lord God, I pray blessing over people that hear this. I pray that we would be a people of praise, uh, a church of praise, a people of praise. A people who are waiting praise God. Lord, I pray that we will be a people who are prophetic, who pray prophetically, who pray while listening to your Holy Spirit. A people who are a blessing and who bless others so that we may be a blessing to our community, to our town, to our neighbours, to our families. That we will be a people who speak with boldness uh, and prophesy uh, with boldness and maybe have to say those tough blessings, those difficult things, those things that aren't necessarily uh, always nice, but are always uh, according to your will. I pray that you would give us confidence in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you would be in us and fill us all 
that you would give us the capacity to hear you and to speak your word. And I pray that the supernatural would be our normal, that we would live a life where we are normally speaking God's word, normally hearing from God, normally able to give the right word at the right time and to extend your kingdom with power and with those prophetic words. I pray that you will bless us, Lord. I pray that you will bless us now as we're in this strange coming out time of, of starting to see people, that when we see those people, you would give us the words to speak. Amen. Amen.
On that first Easter evening, Christ spoke. Peace be with you. On the next Sunday evening, with Thomas present also, Christ spoke. Peace be with you. Words for those Sundays and words for today. Peace be with you. And the blessing of God who sent his Son, who spoke those words, who inspires us still, be with you all, now and for evermore. Amen. Amen. Give you peace.